0: Hello everybody, how's it going? Welcome back. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And today, I think I got a pretty good show for you guys. Um, Today's show is entitled Language Shapes Reality. And once upon a time at San Diego State University, uh, I was a sociology major, not one of my smartest life decisions, uh, but I did learn a lot, you know, despite the fact that it, you know, it is a liberal, uh, one of the liberal arts, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm uh didn't, you know, I didn't really do anything with my degree, for obvious reasons. <laughs> you know, if I want I mean, I could have continued uh, on getting my master's degree and, you know, doing sociology, you know, and being a professor. Maybe doing research for the Census Bureau is what I had in mind back in the day. But anyway, life had uh, different plans for me. So, uh, but once upon a time, uh, I was in school there studying sociology, and I studied a guy named Emil Durkheim. Uh, he is a sociologist and he is a very intelligent man. And he, uh, that, that quote is from him. He is, his, one of his famous quotes is, language shapes reality. And I think guys like Chomsky and uh, like George Carlin would agree with that. Uh, I know George Carlin used to have this funny bit about how um, uh, shell shock Became post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> over time, you know, uh, military members who were in combat and, uh, you know, back in the day, used to call it shell shock from being in, in battle for too long. And uh, over time, we've added more uh, more syllables and more words to lessen the, the force of the statement. So now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, and that's the goal. The goal of the term is to shape reality. If it doesn't sound, if the term makes something sound not so bad, then, you know, it's, it's a term that's, you know, very loved and used by the media and by, you know, whatever, whatever group, whatever entity is trying to sell you something. You know, the words and the terminology and the meaning we assign to words and the way we define words is very important. I've been saying it since, pff, I don't know, one of the earliest episodes. And in the spirit of thinking of Emile Durkheim and language shaping reality and, you know, Chomsky being a linguist and, you know, Chomsky talks about how uh, language tells you, you know, uh, uh, each language tells you a lot about the culture and the way that they, um, you know, some uh, cultures have masculine and feminine words. You know, I don't know if that's... uh of the progressive movement, uh, uh, is really a big fan of that, uh, objective truth fact, (laughs) but, you know, there's, you can learn a lot about a people through their language and what, uh, words they assign to, to things and what meaning they assign to those words. And, um, you know, so that's kind of what the theme of the show is today. And, you know, I've said in a previous podcast definitions change over time we have to define our terms so that we can improve communication and so that we can find understanding common ground cooperation pragmatism etc 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 and you know in a previous podcast I, I did say you know the meaning we assign to terms changes over time and there is no better example of this in my humble opinion Of how vastly, it's almost on a bipolar level that some of these terms we use change over time. And I can find, I can think of no better example of this than the term neoliberalism. Let me enlighten you on my point. Wikipedia says that neoliberalism is a term used to describe the 20th century resurgence of 19th century ideas associated with economic liberalism, classic liberalism, and free market capitalism. It is generally associated with policies of economic liberalization, including privatization, deregulation, globalization, free trade, austerity, and reductions in government spending in order to increase the role of the private sector in the economy and society. However, the defining features of neoliberalism in both thought and practice have been the subject of substantial scholarly debate, In policymaking, neoliberalism was part of a paradigm shift away from the prevailing Keynesian economic consensus that existed prior to the persistent stagflation of the 1970s. Okay? That definition of neoliberalism sounds a lot like something I'd be interested in, personally. Sounds like classic liberalism. Sounds like libertarianism. Sounds like... Pragmatism sounds like uh, principled constitutionalism is what that sounds like to me. Maybe not the globalization part, but let's be real. Globalization is an inevitable fact of our future. We can't run from it. But here's the key part. Here's how definitions change over time. English speakers have used the term neoliberalism since the start of the 20th century with different meanings. But it became more prevalent in its current meaning in the, set, in the 1970s and 80s, used by scholars in a wide variety of, here it comes, social sciences. <laughs> like sociology. And I know a little bit of something about sociology because I have a Bachelor's of Arts degree in sociology, people. It was used by scholars in a wide variety of social sciences as well as by its critics. The term is rarely listen up. the term is rarely used by proponents of free market policies. Do you see people how the definite these two definitions are diametrically different? The new neoliberalism definition, <laughs> the neo neo Liberalism definition is a lot more about your liberal arts, your progressive movement, your cancel culture, your critical race theory, etc., 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 right? Some scholars have described the term as meaning different things to different people as neo- neoliberalism has mutated into geopolitically distinct hybrid words as it has traveled around the world. Neoliberalism shares many attributes with other concepts that have contested meaning- meanings, including representative democracy. <laughs> The definition and usage of the term have changed over time. As an economic philosophy, neoliberalism emerged among European liberal scholars in the 1930s and attempted to revive and renew central ideas of classic liberalism as they saw these ideas diminish in popularity, overtaken by a desire to control markets following the Great Depression and manifested in policies designed to counter the volatility of free markets. That is hilarious. Where, does anybody hear the bankers? How how do the banking institutions uh, play a role in the Great Depression? Wikipedia. Someone want to go on there and add that for me? That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate that greatly. Anyway, so that's my point, people. Neoliberalism... (laughs) There is no better, defi- uh, there's no better example of what I mean by language shapes reality. And you need to define what you mean by things when you say them. You can't just be on social media, in your comment sections, throwing terms around where you not only do you not know the meaning of them, you don't even realize that other people have different definitions of those same terms. So you might think you're getting your point across and that you're connecting with people, but you have no idea how the person on the other receiving end of that comment is taking those comments, interpreting them, taking offense, maybe not taking offense. Who knows? And I just want to shine some light on this stuff today in the show. And, you know, the the original definition of neoliberalism <laughs> and the new progressive movement definition of neoliberalism is a new thing. And I've used the new definition in the past when discussing the progressive movement. And this new left, this new neo-left, you know, I don't know if you, you want to call it liberal, fine. I call it progressive. Uh, you know, I call it, you know, the new Nazism. <laughs> the new thought control. Uh, Orwell's 1984 becoming manifest in this world. That's what I define it as. And I'm going to give you some examples right now. I got some clips I want to play for you that explain and support my point, I think, quite well. So this first clip I'm going to play for you guys today is from the Tim Pool Show. I don't know if you guys know who Tim Pool is, but uh, he is a public uh, speaker, commentator, podcaster, Uh, Twitter, um, um, you know, he, he made his name for himself on Twitter, I believe. He's been on Joe Rogan before, so, you know, he's a popular guy now. He's got a show, you guys have probably heard of Tim Pool. Anyway, he had a group, a panel on his show the other day, and they were talking about some, pretty much the themes that I'm trying to explain to you about what I define as neoliberalism in this new progressive movement world that we're, uh, I guess you know, having jammed down our, our throats and are being forced to participate in. And I, I, my, I have a conspiracy the- theory here. Uh, I believe that this is the acceptable way to think and act that the new world order is going to adhere to, and I think that they are preparing us for the world, the new globalized one-world government Orwellian surveillance police state world that we're all about to start being a part of and living it uh so but this first clip they're having a, a conversation they're talking about cancel culture and they define it as a quote war on individual thought and i couldn't have said it better myself so here we go take a listen to this
1: that's the freakiest thing about cancel culture is not only is it top down authoritarian, you're banned, but it's that people become afraid of even mentioning it. So it's like the grassroots effect of cancel, you know, just like canceling yourself before you even begin.
2: Well, if you talk to people who who are from the Soviet Union, my wife is from the Soviet Union. She was born there. um you, you realize that because you don't know where the rules are, you don't know where the fault lines are, you don't know where the, like, the ideological landmines are, you know, am I supposed to like this person or hate this person, that kind of stuff, the only way to really be safe is to not have opinions right? Is to not question anything, not have opinions on things. It's to shut down in a very internalized way. So the, the overall, you know, the final end state of cancel culture is that you're canceling your own mind. You're canceling your own opinions. You're canceling your individuality um, and that's, and it's internal. The censor is actually in, you don't need, you know, the ministry of truth because that's just in your head every day.
0: Canceling your own mind the ministry of truth is within you this this is why i call this new progressive movement identity politics Bull, identity politics bullshit I, it's it's fascism people this is brainwashing for the feeble minded this is operation mockingbird incarnate being pumped into the soft minds of The average imbecile by the mainstream media people. Of, I don't know how much more evidence and facts and supporting statements I can provide. I'm just going to keep it going, baby. I'm going to keep this show going. Okay, so that's that. Um, now I want to talk, or I want to play another clip, uh, same show. Uh, where they are talking about the media and how the media is part of divide and conquer how it's part of identity politics, how, you know, everyone from every business, every uh, governmental agency, all the way up to the intelligence community, the the CIA, uh, is woke now. Everybody's woke. (laughs) I talked about that in a past uh, podcast as well. But here's uh, the same guy's Tim Pool Show talking about the media and how the media is the truth now. People, listen up.
2: Let's say you've been living under a rock, right, for the longest time. You're just someone who's like total normie, not interested in any For whatever reason, you're not interested in COVID-19, <laughs> you, you know, but you you want to learn about it now. You say, what's this lab leak theory people are talking about? I want to dig into it a little more. And they say, oh, Cotton brought it up and it was disputed back then. But that's not true. Right. So if The Washington Post wanted to tell the truth, they could have said Yes, it was considered a conspiracy theory when it was first talked about. However, over time, it gained traction. And here's why it gained traction. And here's the actual story of it. But this is the problem because they don't set themselves up as... It, I mean, think about it. You don't have to have a position on anything anymore, right? Because your position is we are the truth. And so if we are truth, then whatever truth is can become instead a moving of, target. Instead of it being what uh, uh, what the truth is we will report, what they're saying now is what we report is the truth. Is the truth, yep. right? Exactly. So it doesn't matter what really happened. It just matters what they decide to put on paper.
0: There it is, people, and I've said it a million times. Journalists these days, for the most part, are activists. A lot of people believe their own bullshit, and it's not. It's not that, you know, the media really wants you to believe that what they're telling you is the truth. It's not to be questioned. CNN, that's state news. What they say is the word of God, people. That's what they're trying to tell you. Remember Mika Br- Brzezinski slipped up one time saying, you know, you know, we tell you what to believe on her mainstream media news show. Her father was a big mind control guy. Zignu Brzezinski. Might have to talk about him later on. Oh, Zigbu and Zigmu or whatever his name is and Mika You know, do a little research. Find out the people that are on these TV pundit shows, your talking heads. It's a big club, people, and you're not in it. So, okay, so that's you know, cancel culture is a part of this new progressive movement, right? And we're already seeing signs of how cancel culture is is really, you know, you're, the the goal is to cancel yourself. Don't participate. Don't think. Don't question. Don't provoke thought. Don't press uh, the buttons of the authorities. Don't rock the boat. Stay passive, obedient, stupid. Stay asleep. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. That's the future. The media wants you to believe that their word is the word of God. It's your new religion. The big banker 1% or financiers that are running the show are not to be questioned. The intelligence communities are woke now. And this next clip I'm going to play, this might be a little controversial. This is a clip from a Nickelodeon show talking about, uh, you know, how we are supposed to talk to children apparently about gender and gender issues and sex, Right? And they're, this, they're, they're pumping this stuff through the media now into, into your children's minds. And remember when our fast-talking friend in a previous podcast said that's how the CIA gets to them. If you want to change culture, first you get to the minds of the children. You change the minds of the children so in 15 to 30 years... They need re-education to get it out. KGB guy told you guys about this. It's coming. It's here, people. I'm trying to tell you. None of this stuff I've been talking to you about is theoretical. It's becoming fact. And it's starting to show itself quite clearly. And I'm trying to blow the whistle. I'm trying to sound the alarm so that you people can share this podcast. Tell your friends. I'm going to keep bringing it. I want you guys to see what their plans are. Here we go. Here's a clip from a Nickelodeon show about uh, what they're teaching the kids in this show. And then there's a young African-American woman. I think she works for Prager University. So feel however you want to feel about Prager University. But she sounds like she knows what the fuck she's talking about. And I think I couldn't agree more with what she says here. Although... I don't have a problem with gays and lesbians. I don't have a problem with teaching non-Judeo-Christian values to children. I get it. What I don't like is when you force it upon people. So take a listen to this. Baby blue, pink, and white represent transgender people. And black and brown represent the queer and trans people of color.
3: This is what your kid is seeing when they watch programs on Nickelodeon. And the left is using these corporations to indoctrinate your children. Children are at the front lines of the culture war. They are the most malleable. They are the most vulnerable. They are the most innocent. And the left is using that against
0: them. So there you go. That's a perspective. Um, Feel however you want to feel about Nickelodeon's programming. Keyword programming. (laughs) Uh, um, All right. So, so far we got... Canceling ourselves through cancel culture. Uh, Be afraid of your neighbor. Don't say the wrong thing. Don't do the wrong thing. Uh, You're going to have to play the game. You're going to have to live by the rules or you're done, right? Publicly ostracized. Everyone will know in an instant because of the the new uh, information age that we're living in. The media is the truth. It is the book. It is the word of God. It is not to be questioned. And now we're going to teach our, uh, your children. We're going to indoctrinate your children. We're going to get to the minds of your children. We've been over that before multiple times. Okay. So these are all the things that are happening. This is, this is what this new, you know, the whole point to all this is I'm trying to show you my definition of neoliberal. Neoliberalism, also known as progressivism. Identity politics is their game. Cancel culture is their game. Um, fascism nazism is their game (laughs) they are not tolerant i love this tolerant left argument they are the most in it's the most not tolerant (laughs) philosophy it's an oxymoron it's it's they're so diametrically different between their professed views and then their methods by which they plan to achieve their goals. It is the most hypocritical, immature, la- laughing stock joke of a philosophy I've ever heard of. And it could only have been created in a country that has it so fucking good, like the United States of America. We have it so good here, we gotta invent problems to be fucking outraged about. It's disgusting and it's pathetic you people lack discipline you lack motivation and that's why i'm here you need to develop yourself so that you can make fruitful use of your freedom and your liberty and if you don't believe in that and you don't want to live your life that way then maybe america is not for you maybe these philosophies and these principles maybe they're just not for you and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but let's be honest about who we are right uh this next clip i'm going to play for you um is taking place a fairfax county uh, school board meeting a couple of teachers are upset about teaching critical race theory and this clip starts out by saying uh, here i'm going to kind of talk through it and play it for you because You guys obviously can't see the video because you can't see the words on there, so you're going to listen to it. And I'm going to try to fill in the blanks for you for what this video is saying. So this is from The Scoop. So feel however you want to feel about The Scoop. Uh, But I find this video to be alarming and quite interesting. And a perfect example of uh, this neoliberal progressive movements game. You got cancel culture. You got identity politics. You got listen to the media. The media is always right. You got the indoctrination of your children. And here we go. Continuing with that theme teaching critical race theory in school. Take a listen to this.
3: give a message of encouragement to parents and teachers and students who are too afraid to come and speak forward. Parents, the longer that you wait and you don't hold your child's mental and emotional health, don't be afraid to speak out for your kids because they are voiceless and they, and they rely on you. You should be afraid of them rooting for socialism by the time they get to middle school. Mm. Teachers, it may seem that our careers have come to a dead end, but I'm here to remind you we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well-rounded American patriots. So don't give up because it is up to us. Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you're presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of- your skin color students it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors and finally to the board this isn't over and your policies are just as
0: they cut her mic many teachers are refusing to teach critical race theory because of how they think it damages students mental health this woman previously spoke to the same school board to slam racially-charged teacher training. Hi, I'm a
3: teacher speaking on behalf of every fed-up teacher in this nation. This school district continues to show up on national news and it is absolutely embarrassing to see what once used to be the nation's leading uh, school district has desecrated to. This school district is upon almost every single school district in the nation that continues to force teachers through mandatory training where we are told to examine our whiteness, white privilege, white supremacy, microaggressions upon every other thing that is absolutely stupid and racist. Now, the same school district wants to threaten to fire teachers who do not agree with a critical race theory. You are the face of privilege. You do not speak for us if you do not work with us. If you keep up this racist insanity, you will have successfully stripped us of every ounce of love of teaching. And so far you have succeeded in doing that. Keep this up and you will lose all of your teachers at the same rate that you've been losing these incredible families who some of you fall asleep when they're trying to get your attention. God bless.
0: Wow. American students and parents will continue to fight back to prevent educational bureaucrats from putting students against, pitting students against each other. I mean, people. People. What are we doing? I mean, these teachers are getting pissed. It's all starting to become obvious and apparent and clear, people. And if you haven't put all this stuff together before, I hope I help you. Discover this stuff for yourself today, I, because you can't teach people anything. It's hard enough to change yourself. How, how, how thi- you know how easy to, or how difficult do you think it's going to be to go change others? You know what? Start with yourself, right? Start with yourself. Perfect yourself. Work on yourself. And you might find that working on yourself is all you really need to ever be doing. You really don't need to be trying to to you know work on others, but you can definitely, uh, work on your, you know, society, the society that you live in by setting the example, by being the change, by living a principled, pragmatic life, by being able to disagree peacefully and be able to exercise restraint. Don't think you have all the answers. Don't be a unilateral dictator. This is the paradigm, this is the paradox, this is the conversation. So, now I'm going to play you guys a few clips uh, to give you an idea about the uh, where the logical end to some of the this philosophy goes. And, you know, it's scary. This stuff is starting to scare the shit out of me. And this first clip I'm going to play for you uh, comes from that Tim Pool show. Uh, same Tim Pool show I just was playing clips from. And this is a part where this guy makes a, a claim that is absolutely staggering to me. He says that uh, this person that he's going to bring up uh, recently did a study and uh, they surveyed uh, black Americans. And they say that more black Americans today in 2021 feel like they are experiencing more discrimination than black Americans experienced uh, in 1965. Now, you cannot look me in my eye and tell me that these people are not trying to change history. They're trying to erase history. Remember that clip, that uh, 18 to 34 demographic that uh, Bill Maher was talking about? He said that, you know, if it didn't happen before your lifetime, it doesn't matter, right? It's like they don't want you to even be curious about history. And that, people, is terrifying to me. And people have said it a million times. Their efforts have been successful. Their plan is working. Uh, so here we go here's that clip from Tim Pool's show when these guys are talking about this uh, uh, black Americans and discrimination uh, study or yeah whatever it was Uh, here we go
1: we have been trained basically to decide if you have an emotional if you're emotionally disturbed by something it's really you're in the right because you have a lived experience so therefore it must be true Um, there's this great guy on Twitter um, Greenberg he's a sociologist he's some kind of sociologist or uh, whatever Exactly. Uh, Zach, yeah, Zach Goldberg, Zach Goldberg. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, some kind there of Jewish name. He's great. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Love he him. did he did data on more black Americans today feel like there's discrimination than did in 1965. Wow. And that is, wow. and actually the number of, even though the number of black men in, in prison is down substantially um, by huge amounts, I think by 30 or 40 percent. The number and, and arrests of black men are actually down. The number of black men who report being harassed by the cops or being arrested or being targeted is up. So we, by sitting there and saying, repeating constantly, "You are, you are a target," you are. It is like creating a kind of some, some kind of social condition in our country.
0: And there it is. That's the term: social conditioning. That is exactly what Operation Mockingbird and the mainstream media and pretty much all media, really, social media, everything. Uh, that's the goal social conditioning re-education the old CCC camps remember Reagan talked about that when he was talking about the communists KGB guy flat out told you American people what the communist subversion plan was it's manifest incarnate happening in this moment right now as we speak people You got to wake up. I'm trying to point these things out to you. I hope this stuff is sinking in. And, you know, in the spirit of critical race theory telling me I got to examine my whiteness and my privilege, and I love that this teacher said, you know, you guys are exemplifying what privilege is when you say that you can make decisions for people better than you think they can make for themselves. That's what these teachers are doing. These teachers are the average, everyday working person who is supposed to be sovereign and free. And you, slow usurpations, little by little, piece by piece, step by step, slow introductions of socialism and communism over time. And eventually, one day, people were going to wake up and it's going to be the Soviet Republic of the United States. Or the not so United States. <laughs> the divided states of America. <laughs> That's the future, people. So I think I have uh, proven my point, and uh, here's the nail in the coffin. This is what happens when people take this whole examine your whiteness. And, you know, what does examine your whiteness mean? It means that there's something wrong with whiteness. White people have been crazy for centuries, right? Well, this woman thinks, you know what the best course of action we can take is? Put a bullet in every white person's head. Listen to this shit.
1: This morning, more fallout for the New York City psychiatrist who told an audience at Yale about her fantasy to shoot white people.
3: And the fantasy of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way daring their body and wiping my bloody
1: hands as I walked away relatively gently. With a in to myself. Like I did the world a f- favor. White people are out of their minds and they have been for a long
3: time.
0: So, here's my thesis, here's my closing statement, here's my closing arguments. My fellow Americans is the neoliberal Progressive movements, professed ideals, principles, beliefs, courses of action, bringing us closer together as a nation. Is Biden's message of unity just rhetoric or is it also lived truth? through the practice of putting your uh, money where your mouth is, actually living your truth and living the way, setting the example, living by your principles. Is this progressive neoliberal movement and their professed course of action principles, ways of thinking, ways they think that the world should act and the way that people should live and treat each other? You think that's the best course of action, people? Do you think that message is bringing us closer together? Or are you all just useful idiots? Like KGB guy said. Used to usher in the second phase of the subversion process. And then lined up against a wall and shot, disposed of, no longer of use to the party. The One World Party. That's coming, people. Heed my words and mark them well, people. This is the plan. Everything I've been telling you about thus far on my podcast I dare you to refute it. And if you can, I would love to not believe this stuff. I would love to see some facts and evidence to the contrary. Please send me an email. Let me know if I'm getting any of this stuff wrong, okay? Andrew4America1984 at gmail.com I am putting myself out there. I am throwing myself at the mercy of the rational human minds walking this planet. I don't really care if you think I'm right or if you think I'm wrong. All I'm trying to do, people, is make you sufficiently aware of what is happening in this world around you and also in this country. And I know that you don't get to see what's going on around the world very much because of how the mainstream media operates, but people, you better start getting involved, getting interested, participating in the world that you live in, or else, you know, it's like that Reagan said in that speech, it's going to, you know, people are going to look back and they're going to say, it's, it's shocking how the people that had the most to lose did the least to prevent it from happening. Oh my God. I don't know how I can make this stuff more clear to you people. I pray to all of the gods, And the God within myself that we figure this shit out sooner or later, people. We better start learning. We better start thinking. We better start analyzing ourselves. We better start putting things in perspective, following the breadcrumbs, connecting the dots. Or else I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. All right, people. I think it's time. I think it's time we play a little game. In the spirit of uh, the episode today, today's episode is entitled Language Shapes Reality. I'm trying to explain how... Words and meanings change over time and how you got to get away from the party, two-party, talking point, herd mentality, programming, bullshit, people. Uh, I want to share a a quote real quick, talking about neoliberals, too, real quick. Uh, This is by a guy named David Boaz. Quote, the difference between libertarianism and socialism is that libertarians will tolerate the existence of a socialist community, but socialists cannot tolerate a libertarian community. I found that to be quite interesting. It just goes to show you this new cancel culture and identity politics, neoliberal, progressive movement is not tolerant It is in fact fascist oligarchic collectivist 1984 come to life so here let's play a little game Uh, I'm gonna read two quotes to you okay and in these two quotes I want you to um, answer Who said it? Was this a quote by Karl Marx or was this a quote by Donald Trump? Okay, (laughs) this is going to be a fun little game. Here we go. Quote, under no pretext should arms and ammunition be surrendered. Any attempt to disarm the workers must be frustrated by force if necessary, unquote. Who said it? Was that Karl Marx or was that Donald Trump? The answer, Karl Marx, believe it or not. Quote, I generally oppose gun control, but I support The ban on assault weapons. And I also support a slightly longer waiting period to purchase a gun. Was that Karl Marx or Donald Trump? Answer Donald Trump. I remember Donald Trump saying take the guns first, worry about due process second. People, language shapes reality. And what you think your party's professed beliefs and principles are, if you can easily regurgitate them in conversation, but upon further uh, analysis, it turns out that you have no idea what you're talking about. All you can do is regurgitate your party's talking points may i suggest independent thought independent education self education the education of yourself <laughs> like cat williams once said what do you mean self esteem it's it's the esteem of your motherfucking self <laughs> i know crazy huh yeah Right-wingers love their guns and they love their Trump, don't they? But, hey, everyone just conveniently uh, doesn't pay attention and accept the fact that Donald Trump was more than happy to take your guns. (laughs) And then, conversely, Karl Marx said that, you know, the workers can't protect themselves if they're not armed in the past. (laughs) People! The definitions of terms matter. Language shapes reality. I really hope this stuff is interesting to you. I really hope I'm making a dent. I really hope I am getting through the soft skulls. easy. The hard skulls are a lot lot tougher. (laughs) You got to be more open-minded. You got to be more willing to self-reflect. You have to be willing to destroy your own ideas. Put them through the ringer of criticism and analysis. Let people uh, prove you wrong and be happy when you are proven wrong. Because if you get upset when someone proves you wrong, that is an exercise and expression of ego, people. And you got to shut that fucking ego up if you want to become the best version of yourself. So that you can become the best possible participant in society as a free, sovereign citizen who has the ability to make their own decisions for themselves and for their families, free of an omnipotent, all-controlling group of overlord, ivory tower-living intellectual elites and world bankers who believe that the supranational sovereignty of them is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. In the words of David Rockefeller. All right, people, let's move on. Look, Bumble
2: knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: All right, so today, uh, real quick, (laughs) I want to read this. I just saw this. Uh, This is by Kim Klasik. Uh, right winger, uh, Republican leaning African American woman uh, shared something that I find to be quite interesting and it kind of themes up with what we're talking about today. Listen to this. So, Juicy Smollett, Ju- what? <laughs> Juicy Smollett, claimed racist Trump supporters hunted him down in freezing temperatures in the streets of Chicago to lynch him, and liberals believed. Hunter Biden, on the other hand, admitted to smoking Parmesan, wishing it was crack cocaine and carelessly using the N-word, and liberals are uncertain that this is true. (laughs) Uh, You're being hoodwinked, people. Brainwashed. That's what's happening. I'm not making the case today to go become a Republican. But I am making the case to leave the Democrat plantation. The neoliberal progressive movement is taking over that party of Jefferson, Jackson, and Lincoln and they're going down the path of Marx, Lenin, and Stalin. In the words of Ronald Reagan, we created government as our servant beholden to us and possessing no powers except those voluntarily granted to it by us. Now a self-anointed elite in our nation's capital would have us believe we're incapable of guiding our own destiny. They practice government by mystery, telling us it's too complex for our understanding. Believing this, they assume we might panic if we were to be told the truth about our problems. Why should we become frightened? No people who have ever lived on this earth have fought harder, paid a higher price for freedom, or done more to advance the dignity of man than the living Americans, the Americans living in this land today. There isn't any problem we can't solve if government will give us the facts, tell us what needs to be done, and then get out of the way and let us have at it. Government by mystery. Secrecy. No transparency. You still feel like you're living in a free society, my fellow Americans? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, people... This has been episode 42 of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Thank you, good night, and we'll see you next time.